Chapter 12, Spectroscopy Friday morning at 7, Jack woke up, spit the edge of the pillowcase out of his mouth, and reached over for his glass of water. The thought that had been percolating in his mind the previous night took root and was obvious to him now. He lay back down and scanned the room. There must be cameras, he thought. Between Magnus's control issues and the way the room was constructed, he was sure there was. He calculated there were approximately three cameras and various listening devices in the room. He kicked off the sheet and lay on the bed, spread eagle, and adjusted the family jewels a little longer than necessary. If there were cameras, at least he'd give them a show. He pulled himself up, showered, and did his best male stripper performance, turning up the clock radio, heading to the shower. Luke would have been proud. An hour later, he wheeled his instrument cases into the kitchen or break room area, making a hell of a racket along the industrial tile floor. As opulent and clubby as the dining room was, this area seemed out of place. The design and decor looked like it was straight out of a women's prison. He saw Serena sitting in the back, nursing a cup of coffee and picking at a muffin. She was dressed in a similar uniform, just a different color form-fitting athletic unitard and a light felice vest in a color combo that matched her running shoes. The way her smile lit up the room combined with her physical presence, she could wear a burqa and still stand out. She frowned at his flight cases filled with gear. You carry that stuff around with you everywhere? You could have just left it in your room till after breakfast, she said. Smiling, he blew out a deep breath to cool his coffee and sat down. I'm sure that's nothing compared to the emotional baggage you carry around. Touche, she said with a smile, then shifted gears. Okay, based on what you said, you've got what you need in order to test the new plants, right? Yeah, I'll be able to do that. Shouldn't take long, depending on how many samples he has. No longer than five to six hours, Jack replied. Only a few hours? Really? she asked. Yeah, it's not rocket science, he replied, sipping his coffee. Actually, I thought it was pretty close to rocket science. That's why they got you here, right? No, not really. I may be actually able to fly standby this evening, he said, absently recalling the flight schedules imprinted in his head and his return ticket for Sunday morning. I know Magnus wanted me to present the findings, but I could do that on a video call easily, he said. Serena sat for a beat or two and thought. She was alarmed that testing would take no longer than a few hours. It was Friday, and she needed him there until at least Saturday evening. She decided a charm offensive was the only course of action left. I don't want you to rush. You're scheduled to be here till Sunday morning. Believe me, I just won't need that much time, he answered. Well, if that's the case, then maybe tomorrow I can show you around the other facilities in the area. Maybe even arrange a tasting, she smiled mischievously. Jack found himself grinning and nodding in agreement. If she had suggested a gum scraping or a red-hot poker up his ass, he'd have agreed, just to spend more time with her. The lab wasn't much different than any of the others Jack had spent time in over the years. An assortment of beakers and glassware on the counters, chemicals stacked neatly, and an assortment of machines. There were also gas and liquid chromatographs, centrifuges, and a host of specialty machines that were supposed to make mundane and time-consuming tasks a thing of the past. 
Jack looked at all of them, trying to seem impressed, which was a stretch for him. He'd seen it all before and knew none of the bright, shiny bits of aluminum in the lab would help in confirming a new plant species. The quick tour that Gomes was giving him was just a form of dick measuring for scientists, a community Jack never truly felt a part of, even though he was smarter than most. Gomes looked even more haggard and fidgety than the previous night. It was obvious he wasn't a big fan of sleep. He led Jack to a table to unpack his box of goodies and come up to speed on test protocols. Jack unpacked his gear with Gomes looking on as if they were presents just snatched from under a Christmas tree. Drool snaked down his three-day beard as he looked on. What's that? he asked, pointing to one of the shoebox-sized hunk of black aluminum that Jack had just unpacked. It's a spectrometer. Something of my own creation, Jack replied. What kind of light source? UV? Near-infrared? Fluorescence? Gomes prodded. That's really not a discovery tool, is it? It's more of a process testing method. For a discovery tool, the database would have to be enormous. Too big for a portable unit. Plus, the limits of detection aren't low enough, right? Gomes blathered on. Jack sighed and stared blankly at Gomes. He had heard this shit a thousand times. Everyone's a frickin' genius, he thought. He continued. Yes and no, Jack replied. It's a multi-spectrum light source that I developed with a proprietary algorithm that not only measures the reflection of what we're looking for in the irradiated sample, but also the cross-spectrum noise. I've got a patent on this. He lied, then continued. The limits of detection are also lower than most chromatographs. But then again, accuracy is all about reference data, and mine is exhaustive and cloud-based. Speaking of which, what's the Wi-Fi password for the network, he asked. Gomes looked confused and gave him the password, and Jack continued. What the spectrometer does really doesn't matter. I'm only using this to look at target molecular markers to determine what I need to use from this, he said, pointing to the second box, then pulled out a small set of vials. These are the reagents I need to use for the DNA test. Well, you'll have to send that out for sequencing, right? Gomes interrupted. No, same as the spectrometer. I've developed a few master reagents that contain hundreds of reagents in a single solution and a portable sequencing unit, he said, pointing to the other box. That connects to my cloud database. I can sequence the result in hours instead of days, he said, getting annoyed at playing teacher. Gomes rubbed his face, double making a louder noise than usual bouncing off the hard surfaces of the lab. Accurate, Gomes asked. Very, Jack shot back. Gomes shuffled off into the walk-in fridge to retrieve the samples. Whatever interest he'd had in Jack's equipment dissolved quickly when he found out what it could do and how fast it could do it. After what seemed to be an eternity, Gomes emerged from the fridge and put the very large sample tray on the table next to Jack's equipment. 48 samples from the new plants obtained from multiple grow rooms. Jack looked at him sideways. 48 samples seemed like too many for an assessment of a single new strain or species. It stood to reason Gomes' mind was in the same shitty shape as his outer appearance. This was overkill. He was hired to do a job that was supposed to be simple. I was screwing up his plans to get testing done, spend time with Serena, and then go home and break up with his soon-to-be ex-girlfriend. If he didn't know better, he would have thought Gomes was intentionally slow-rolling him. 
close to 20 minutes to grab samples out of the fridge? Fucking A, he thought. I mean, we really don't need to test 48 samples, do we? Well, we had six different modification methods for eight different groups, six in a group. We really need to test all of them to see what worked. We need to test plant material too, from the leaves as well as the flower, just to make sure. Didn't have his brother Luke's ability to read people, but he had a strong gut feeling that Gomes was full of shit. No matter how squirrely and fidgety Gomes was, Jack was getting paid handsomely for a job that a second-year chemistry major could do, though without the technical advantage or the speed. If it wasn't for the Glasser name, and widely recognized in the scientific community, he was sure Magnus would have gone that route. For most people, it would have taken a day to prep samples, but Jack's mind had been completely rewired. He began his work, he silently thanked God for the painful experiment he was subjected to in his youth. He cataloged all the samples in his mind at first sight and coordinated the grid numbers on the samples with the grow areas he had seen the night before. There wasn't any effort involved on his part. To him, they were just images flashing on an internal screen that suddenly made sense, for no rhyme or reason. At times, it still amazed him how easy it was. Amazed that his first thought, his memory or instinct, if you want to call it that, was never wrong. In a lab situation where there were 10 or 20 steps for each sample with different solutions and readings that ultimately had to be recalled, his photographic memory and enhanced cognitive abilities at the lab time by 90%. Gomes looked on in astonishment as Jack powered through the samples measuring and prepping with one hand and inputting readings into his computer with the other, simultaneously, as if choreographing a finger waltz. Jack flew through the samples. Midway through testing, nature called. Gene, where's the bathroom? Out the door, take a left, then a long hall on the right, he said absently, still trying to wrap his head around what Jack had been doing. 